Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue where we left off. We're in the top of page 82a, 7th chapter in Baba Kama, Kedit Meruba. Dedicate this class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. All the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. All the hostages return home safely. Yesterday was a terrible, 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 tragic day. Hashem should have Rahmanus bring this war to a conclusion. We should triumph over our enemy. So yesterday we learned there were ten conditions, ten enactments that Yeshua enacted when the Jewish people entered into the land of Israel. The Gemara asks, there's only ten? You have more than ten. You have what Rabbi Huda said about putting out the dung into the public. And also uh, Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yechimah taught a few conditions about the, the beehive, you'll have to cut the branch to, that has the, the beehives to return return your, your, your bees and the other enactments. So why do you say there's only ten? So you might answer because since these are only mentioned by individual rabbis, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't mention, he only mentions conditions which were unanimously reported by everyone, not just single rabbis. That's where we left off. So Gemara asks, in 82 When he came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, he said, That if you have a tree, that part of the tree, its branches are extending into the field, his friend's field. Or a tree that's next to the boundary between his field and his friend's field. So, so the tree is also nourishing itself, its roots also nourishing itself from his friend's field. So the fruits of the tree, maybe he brings the Bikurim, the and he can still say that thanking Hashem for the land that he gave me, even though it's not his entirely, his friend has a portion to it, of it. The branches are extending over his friend's field and the roots are nourishing from his friend's field. But nevertheless, he's allowed to read, he's allowed to make that pronouncement. So he made a condition that they shouldn't mind, they shouldn't care. So therefore it's considered as if it's his. The question is, there's another condition, and Rabbi Eichanan is an Amoira. He's arguing with the Mishnah. The other Tandayim, previous Rabbi Huda was a Tanda. So he can say he's a Tanda. He disagrees that there's another few conditions. Fine, but how can an Amoira argue on the, on the, on the Mishnah? How can an Amoira argue? Rabbi Eichan says there's an 11th condition that's not mentioned. In the Braise. Ella rather Manton Asarat Who is the opinion says there's only ten? It's the opinion of Shumalevi. Shabiachna can argue in him. It's not a Braise, it's an Amir.
He said clearly that it was a statement that was made in the name of Shuvan Leib. Since he mentioned the ten conditions that Yeshua made with the Jewish people when he entered the land of Israel, so now he's mentioning a sort of Takonistik in Ezra. Ezra enacted ten enactments for the Jewish people. Number one. She in the Mincha B'Shabbos. Moshe Rabbeinu enacted already. You should read the Torah. Three days should not go by without reading the Torah. So Monday we read the Torah. Thursday and the Shabbos. Ezra added that Mincha B'Shabbos. We should read the Torah. Second thing that he, he instituted. The Koyrin. B'yem Sheni. B'yem Chamishi. And he added that Monday and Thursday we should read the same thing that we read on Mincha and Shabbos. The same, at least a minimum of temp sukim. The third thing is that that the Bezdin should sit in judgment. Every it should be set Monday and Thursday. The court is in session, so if anyone has any questions, court cases, you know the court is a, is, is in session. Fourth thing is Thursday after. Clean your wash your clothes, but not for Shabbos. You could have ready clothes for Shabbos. Make sure to go to the laundry, to go to the cleaners, and make sure that your clothes are ready for Shabbos. You can't come in Shabbos and oh, oh, what am I going to wear? Think ahead. The fifth thing is Shabbos. You should eat garlic out of Shabbos, which increases increases the sperm count. Because on Friday night, that's when the husbands and wives are intimate. So to make sure that they are able to fulfill the mitzvah of being to procreate. The sixth thing is the isham mashkemes that the wife should wake up early in the morning to bake. You should have fresh bread for breakfast every day. Seventh thing is the isha chigedes besinor. That she should girdle herself with a sinner, wear breeches, for modesty, for modesty. Others say it's an apron to keep her clothes clean. That the woman, before she goes to the mikveh, after she menstruates, she stops menstruating. So she should comb her hair. So there shouldn't be any any knots in her hair or any any uh, uh, dirt. It should be clean. So the water can be total immersion. Can't even have one hair that's not immersed. And then tevelas, tevelas. Then she can go into the mik. The ninth thing is that the peddlers are allowed to go sell the the, the perfumes. And you can't stop them and say, well, you're a stranger in town, we don't give you permission to sell. No, we want the women to be beautiful, feminine and beautiful. And so they have to have available all the best spices, all the best um, perfumes and, and for the best prices. So please bring on the competition. And the tenth thing is with Tikkun Tvila, the Bali He was the one who enacted. And when you have a nocturnal emission, you have to go to the mikveh. 
you're not allowed to learn Torah, you're not allowed to read Daven, read the Shema before. This enactment did not take, it was too difficult. But Ezra, this was Ezra's enactment, and even though it didn't take, it's still ideal. It's not like it was completely abolished, it's ideal. The Rambam says he never once in his life read the Shema without going to the mikveh if he had, you know, after he had eternal emission, after he was, had relations with his wife. So he kept to this takon. So these are the ten enactments of Ezra. Now the Gemara explains. The first one. Why did Ezra enact? Why isn't it enough you read in the Torah in the morning? Why do you have to read it also in Mincha? Yishum Yeshvikranis. But there are people all week round are sitting up in the marketplace, up bright and early in the marketplace, so they don't come to the, the kailo, they don't come to the shul. They don't hear the reading of the Torah on Mondays and Thursdays. So a whole week they're not learning Torah. So to make up for it, it's not enough they heard the Torah in the morning on Shabbos. Let them hear the Torah again in Mincha, because they're not, not going to hear it until next Shabbos. Because they're not busy. Shabbos, no one is busy, thank God. All the stores are closed, the marketplace is closed. So come to Shul and you'll hear the Torah. In the, so in Mincha, let them already, they already read the, the Parsha of the week in the morning. Let them already get a taste of the next Parsha. You're not going to hear the rest of the week. At least in Mincha, you're going to hear and learn, get a preview of the next Parsha. Others say what it means is on Shabbos, Shabbos afternoon. You already took your nap. You already ate, you took your nap, so what are you going to do? You're going to hang out, the mincha time is no business, nothing to do, so you're just going to hang out in the corners and gossip and waste your time with frivolity. Instead, he gathered them, well, come to shul, come to shul, hear the Torah, you'll do, you'll do something worthwhile, you'll have a mincha, which is, it's a time of rotten. mincha is the, the most suspicious time, most suspicious prayer, so... That's the first enactment. But as the second enactment is, you enacted this. After the giving of the Torah, it says they wandered in the desert for three days, they couldn't find water. So those who expound the Psukim in the Torah, they said, what he means is three days went by without water. Water is referring to Taira. If you're thirsty, the Navi says, if you're thirsty, go drink water. He's not talking about if you're physically thirsty, drink physical water. He means if you're thirsty for Hashem, don't, don't uh, be happy with just the thirst. Oh, I'm thirsting for spirituality, I'm satisfied. That gives me satisfaction that I'm hungering and thirsty for spirituality. He says, no, you have to go and drink water. You have to learn tidy. You have to take that thirst and that hunger and translate it into action. Go and learn Torah. And that will slake your hunger because when you're learning Torah, you're learning the divine. You're, you're becoming intimate with the divine. You're absorbing the divine, the infinite, Hashem's wisdom. So we see that water refers to Torah. And that's what he's saying. Three days have passed. Without Torah, Nilu, they became tired and thirsty. For Torah, that's why the prophets in, the, in, in those times, in times of Moshe, Moshe himself, not as a, 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 but as an enactment of the prophets. 
enactment. The Tikkun they enacted she Yekoyim B'Shabbos. They should read Shabbos, the parish of the week. You interrupt Sunday. Then you read on Monday. And then you interrupt Tuesday and Wednesday. And you read again on Thursday. And you interrupt on Friday. Three days should not go by without studying Torah. What do you mean, Ezra? You said this is the second enactment. Ezra enactment, you should read the Torah on Monday and Thursday. The question is, why necessarily in this setup? Why Monday and Thursday? Why not Tuesday and Thursday? Same thing. You read the Torah Shabbos, so Sunday, Monday you interrupt, Tuesday, so you don't have three days, three full days that went by without Torah. I mean, and then between Tuesday and Thursday, you have one day interruption. Why Sunday, one day interruption, Monday? Is it because they, 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 they just drew the lottery? They just chose one or the other? There's a reason. So the Rishayim say, no, there is a reason. There is a reason. Moshe went up on Thursday, the third time, the third time. He went up on Thursday, and he came down on Monday. Yom Kippur was Monday. So it was a it was a good time. Hashem told him to go up, bring the stones up, I'm going to give you the second set of tablets, I'm going to forgive you. And then the 40 days later on Thursday, on Monday, he comes down with the good news, Hashem has forgiven them. So it's eight surahs, and that's why you want to read the Torah then. That's why people, some people fast on Mondays and Thursdays. It just points out, if you say that Moshe went up on uh, Thursday and he came down on Monday, and that's the reason also to save Urachim, it's a time of mercy, um, then it turns out that Moshe was only up in the mountain basically 39 and a half a day, not even a half a day, part of a day. So 40, it wasn't a complete 40 days. It's not like the first two times it was up 40, the title says 40 days and 40 nights. The fourth time, it wasn't 40 days and 40 nights because the Thursday, the last Thursday, before that Monday, so by the morning, that was day 35. Friday morning was day 36. Shabbos morning was day 37. I'm sorry. Friday morning was day 36. Um, 30, Shabbos morning was day 37. Sunday morning was day 30, 38. Monday morning was day 39. And he came down Monday. He came down Monday, middle of the day, in the 40th day. So it wasn't, it wasn't 40 full days. So your mother answers. May Carter in the beginning think in the beginning they enacted one person read three psukim. That's enough. He not me or three people, but each one read one pas. Can I get Kenim? Levim Israel. Like the Jewish people divide into three. So you should have one Kayan, one Levi, and one Israel. Also, who and Ezra came ticking to Lasagavre, three people. But each one should read, so together, ten psukim. Each one should read a minimum of three psukim. Why ten psukim? So nine is also now. Because you have ten people who we, we provide for them, then they shouldn't work. Their whole focus should be the community. They should always be in shul, you need a minion, you need a kailal, you need... 
the, the community should support them. So the ten batlanim, that's what we have the ten psukim. Mother says, and the third enactment, v'danin b'sheni b'chamish. Why the shkichi also also lamikra b'sifra? Because they come to hear the reading of the Torah. So therefore, since people will be around, so that's the time that we should the bezin should sit in session. So every city, every community has to have a bezin that sits in session. Mondays and Thursdays. Fourth enactment: She mechaps and be a chumish v'shabbos. They should do the laundry on Thursday. Why? Because they have shabbos. Have clean clothes before shabbos. Don't scramble a minute for shabbos. Oh, I have nothing to wear. Make sure everything is set. You should eat garlic before shabbos. Mishum oino. Because of Aina Siv, that's the time to be intimate with your wife. Siv Asher Pirgi, you can be there. But I would have been tamed with means at the time, what do you mean? To be fruitful at the right time. When is the time to be intimate? When is the best time, the most suspicious time? Uh, when, uh, on Friday night. So this helps. This this increases the the sperm, so it helps. The Shabbos is a time of pleasure, so this is the ultimate pleasure, ultimate expression of pleasure. It's a time of intimacy. Shomru bnei Yisrael es Shabbos. The acronym is bnei Yisrael es Shabbos. Is bia. That's the time of intimacy. So this increases the. Uh, the, uh, the salmon so that's that's why he enacted you should eat Friday you should eat uh, garlic the rabbis learn three things that were said about garlic mashbia it satisfies you mashkin it warms you up from the inside Ma- the third thing is a matzal panim. Your face shines, it clears your face. Your face is shining. Marbes azed increases simen. It's wonderful for your, wonderful for your, inte- for, your inte- for your intestines, for your gut. It cleans out all the negative bacteria, the kinim. Shame no mother say there's an additional advantage to garlic. Machnas lay ava mitis akin. It adds love, it brings love to your life, and it removes jealousy. Because if you're happy, you're not jealous of others. I never liked garlic. Is the Isha Mashkem as you wake up early in the morning to bake yes, bread, f- fresh bread? They pass Matsuyalaniyim in order that the poor people knocking the doors should have bread, ready available bread. So, all, yeah, all, all week round. Some say it means on Friday you should bake for a week. Anyway, but uh, they say no, it means every day. Seventh enactment, the Isha Chigedes, we've seen 
wear breeches for modesty purposes, or wear an apron to protect the clothing, so she should always be clean. The reason is breeches to keep her modest. Eighth enactment, she should comb her hair before she goes to the mikvah. And then Tevelis, with Tevelis. that I see here, but this is biblical. Because you have to make sure there's nothing interfering between you and the water. It has to be total immersion, not even one hair. If one hair is sticking out of the mikveh, not kosher. Total immersion. Not getting hit by the water. Not getting hit by the water. It is. Exactly, something interfering. So we learn, comes to teach. That the water has to reach the 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 the, the, the flesh. There shouldn't be anything interfering between the flesh and the water. And it says es So it says besade. Was it es besade? A tafalipsade that even things that are secondary to the to the flesh also has to be totally immersed without any interference. My neo, what's that referring to? What do you mean secondary to the flesh? Haser. Say, are they here? At the here also, there can't be anything interfering in the here and the water. But answers Amri, they answered in the yeshiva that I The biblical obligation is to look carefully in the here. Maybe it's this knotted, so the water can't get through. Inami or Maybe it's dirty. There's something interfering. That's your biblically mandate. We continue on side B, 82B. Well, so you thinking of if uh, he mandated that you should comb your hair on top of it. It's not enough just to look at the hair, but you have to comb. So to make sure that every strand is separate and it's 100% clean. So this is an extra, extra enactment. Ninth enactment, that the peddlers should go around with their perfume and be allowed to peddle their wares in all cities, even cities that they're not from. Why? For the women, for the, for the perfumes. God forbid the Jewish women should not become, the husbands should not find them repulsive. They're not feminine, they're not taking care of themselves. A woman has to be, take care of themselves, herself. She should be feminine, she should be, you know, perfume, and it should be, should be beautiful. To celebrate beauty, so beauty is divine. Tenth enactment, the Tikkun Tulal and Balkari. After you have an external emission, you have to go to the mikveh. It's in the title that if you have to go to the mikveh, if you have an external emission, you have to go to your tummy, you're impure. So why do I need an enactment of Ezra? The mother answers there, I through a Biblically, you're not allowed to eat truma, you're not allowed to eat kachim. If you have an external emission, you have to go to the mikvah. That's biblical. Also, whoever Ezra came with Tikkun and the enactment, you can't even learn Torah until you go to the mikvah. And it's not just for Torah, it's also to dab. Since we're listing 10, the Gemara continues, said in the Mishnah, 
that the rabbis forbid from raising chickens in Yerushalayim. Because they go picking in the, in the garbage and they're going to find the bone. They're going to bring it and contaminate the food, the drummers and the maizes and the kachim. Maizashani and the kachim. There are ten things that they said in Yerushalayim. Number one, in is If you sell a house, usually if you sell a house anywhere outside of Yerushalayim, the owner gets to redeem it the first year. And if you don't redeem it, the house forever remains with the buyer. It's not like a field that returns back to the owner by, by Jubilee. But in Yerushalayim is different. If you sell a house, it's not forever. Yeah, at the end of the first year, the seller could still redeem it anytime. And if not, it returns back with Jubilee. That's number one. Number two, if you find a dead body, you find a corpse in Yerushalayim, you don't know who murdered a murdered body, you don't know who murdered it. Everywhere else, you have to bring an Eglarufa, a whole ceremony. But not in Yerushalayim. You find a dead body in Yerushalayim. Three, the third thing, even if most of the people in Yerushalayim worship Tavit Zodra, you don't designate it as Nidachas, you don't burn it down to the ground. You treat them like individuals, as service idols, and each one gets their own individual punishment. The fourth thing is, there's no such thing as a Nagoyim in the house. Outside of Yerushalayim, you can have leprosy of the house, and you have to condemn the house. But in Yerushalayim, there's no such thing. There's no law of leprosy of the houses in Yerushalayim. The fifth thing is when Metziyim Zizin, because it's not allowed to allow porches. No porches are allowed, or to stick out, or 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 uh, stones that stick out. You're not allowed in Yerushalayim. I will explain the reason for all, all of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the seventh and sixth thing, you're not allowed to, no garbage dumps. You have to take all the garbage outside Yerushalayim. The eighth thing, the seventh thing is, you're not allowed to make kilns where you form pottery. You can't make burn and make pottery in Yerushalayim. The eighth thing is when they symbolize the not allowed to make any gardens or or gardens of vegetables or or, or trees except for for roses except for roses. You know all the leftovers is a stench called they already had these gardens. So they left. Whatever was there, they left. It was like fathered in. But you're not allowed to make other types of gardens. No botanical gardens and no, and no gardens of uh, vegetables. No growing that near Shalayim. The was the rose garden. Oh, the rose garden. They got exactly. a special uh, material for the insects. The titus, right. Yeah. Keep us a yard. Oh, yeah. And this rose was called Kipasayardin because they used it in the incense, right? It was because it used to grow by the edge of the river Jordan, the Jordan River. The thing is, not allowed to raise chickens, and the tenth thing is, you're not allowed to leave a dead body. It's a lie in Yerushalayim. You have to, you have to bury that in Yerushalayim to make Leviah in the middle of the night. Someone dies, 3 a.m., there's a Leviah.
You can't let the body be overnight, stay overnight. The mother will explain the reason for all these ten things. So usually any place outside Yerushalayim, yeah, you should bury someone immediately everywhere. But if a person dies at night, you're not going to bury him at night, you bury him the next day. Yerushalayim, if you die at night, you bury him at night. And every, anywhere else you're allowed to delay the funeral because you want family to come, you want people to come, you want it to be a beautiful send-off. He's famous. And right. Yeah. But in Shalayim, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who, what, when, where, you don't lean over, you, put, you bury them right away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now the Yomar explains. And the first thing is, if you sell it, the owner could always redeem it, even after the first year. And if he doesn't redeem it, by Jubilee, it returns to the owner. Where do we know this from? Because it says in the Pasuk, the Chsiv. It says by the law of Batayari Chayma. Mitzvah, it's in Parshas Bahar. Mitzvah 341. It says, if a person sells, sells a home, in a home, in a walled-in city, if a comma buy it, it's looking as though whoever buys it, it's his. Forever. It doesn't go out with the Jubilee. The owner has one year to redeem it. So because of our understanding holds in the Schalk Yerushalayim, the Shvatim. Yerushalayim is not divided amongst the tribes. It belongs to the entire Jewish people. So therefore, it's not yours to sell belongs to the entire Jewish people. Yeah, you can own the home, but you don't own the land. The land belongs to the entire well, Jewish people. Right the earth. The second thing is, the second thing is, maybe a glad roof, you don't bring a glad roof. If you find a murdered, someone murdered, we don't know who murdered him, you don't have the whole procedure of a glad roof. You take the calf and you break its neck. Well, where do we know this from? That you don't do this. It's only in the land that Hashem gave you to inherit and make the land Hashem gave you to only in the land that Hashem gave you to inherit. We just said Yerushalayim was not inherited. It belongs to the entire Jewish people. It's a divorce. Exempt. The third halacha. Even if the majority of Yerushalayim serves idols, you don't burn the city down. So Chris, you treat them each as individuals who worship idols. We know this from the Chsiv, it says, it says, if you hear one of your cities that Hashem gave you, means yours, personal, belongs to the tribe. Yerushalayim doesn't belong to anyone, it belongs to the entire community. So therefore the law of Irinidachas doesn't apply. The fourth din, if the house has leprosy, he doesn't have the law of leprosy. The Chesivet says in the Pasuk, if I will give place a, 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 a leprosy, sign of leprosy in the, the house, in the land that you, in the house, in the land that you inherited, your possession, it's not in your possession, it belongs to the whole community, to the entire Jewish people. The fifth is not allowed to put out, have boulders stick out of your house or porches. Balconies. Why? Because 
if there is a uh, bone of a dead body, and then if you just walk under it, you will automatically become tummy. That's why you make a straight wall. There's no, not, no nothing overhanging. No balcony. And also a balcony. Another reason is many people go, it can fall and collapse. You can have a collapse of the balcony and then it will injure, right? The multitude of people that are coming to Yerushalayim at least three, time, three times a year. The six Allah you're not allowed to make any garbage dumps in Shalai because that's where the Shratim, the rodents, hang out. And they will die and it will increase to the dead rodents, the eight that the title lists and parts impurity. And you're gonna come to contaminate all the sacred meat that's in Yerushalayim. the seventh Allah You're not allowed to make any any kilns that the to, to form the pottery, why? Because of the smoke. And it blackens the walls. Yerushalayim has to be beautiful. Even to keep the beauty of Yerushalayim. The eighth Allah, you're not allowed to make any gardens to grow vegetables. Or pardes in a botanical gardens to grow trees. Why? Because of a bad smell. Because you always have, you have weeds that grow and you're going to have to remove it and leave it there and it's going to smell. And also you have to fertilize it. When you fertilize it, you bring dung. So it's going to smell up the whole place. The ninth halach, Yishlaim has to look beautiful, has to smell beautiful. The ninth halach, you're not allowed to raise chickens. Why? Because the Tanagailim go picking in the garbage. They're going to pick up a bone or a dead rodent. They're going to cause, contaminate. Contaminate all the holy meat that we eat throughout Yerushalayim. And the tenth thing is, you're not allowed to let up that body overnight in Yerushalayim. Where do we know this from? The Gemara says, Gemara, we don't know the reason. It's just the tradition that we've received. You can't say the reason is because we don't want any impurity in Yerushalayim. Because if that was the case, you should say the moment someone dies, immediately take him out of Yerushalayim. No, it says he can't be overnight. But if he dies uh, when the stars came out, I have all night to bury him. I can bury him at the end of the night. Twelve hours later. Eleven hours later. So obviously we don't know the reason. You're not allowed to raise pigs. Anyway, turn it up on the rabbis. Learn why he's explaining the reasons. When the chashmonayim, there was a civil war between the chashmonayim, Aristobulus, Hurkinus, and Aristobulus. The brothers were fighting. They were the, both the sons of Alexander. That was during the siege. Your grandson is a Matisyoka in Godel of the Hashmanoyim. It was, was the son, Alexander Yanai was the son of Yochanan, the son of Shimon, from the five, the five Maccabees. And when, the, when Alexander Yanai died, the mother became the queen. The queen became, became, became the ruler. Alexandria. And then Hurkanus was the Kayan Gadol. And his brother, Aristobulus, came and did battle with him. It was a civil war. 
So when they were fighting with each other, Hurkanus was he was inside. He was the Kohen Gadol. He was inside Yerushalayim, and he was king. Aristobulus he waged war. He lay siege. He was in Bachus. He was outside. And he is the one who brought the Romans to help him, and the Romans never left. They were the ones, because of the civil war, this ended up leading to the destruction of the Besamekdash. But they needed to offer the daily sacrifices, the two sheep, they were under siege. So every day they would lower down a a box full of silver dinars to buy the two sheep, to bring the daily sacrifice in the morning, in the afternoon, it was a good exchange. They needed money. They needed the sheep. So, so there was a wise, uh, an old elderly uh, Jew who knew Greek and knew how to speak in code. Amalem, he said to those who were outside, he told them in Greek so people shouldn't realize what he's telling them. As long as they are doing the service in the base of Migdash, they're serving Hashem with their sacrifices, you will never, they will never be delivered to you. So the next day, so those in Shalayim lower down the box full of silver dinners. Instead of sending up two sheep, they send up a pig. When the pig reached half of the wall, half of the height, no, it's part of the wood, rolling it up. And that's what the pigs do. They put their with their uh, nails, they dug his nails into the wall, and the whole Eretz Yisrael shook, trembled. 400 pars, um, 400 pars. Um. The Marsha says that it was hinting that because of the civil war and because Aristobulus brought in the Romans, and the Romans are compared to Chazer, that they will destroy Eretz Yisrael. Well... At that moment, the rabbi said, Cursed is the Jew who raised pigs. Because this is what led to the destruction. Cursed is the one who will teach his son this language, Greek, this code language. Because this is what helped the enemy destroy the base of Megdash. At that moment, Shanino, we learned Since there was a civil war and they ruined and destroyed all the fields in, in, the, in the vicinity of Yerushalayim, they had to bring from afar, they had to bring the Oymer, the barley offering on the second day of Pesach, they had to bring it from far away from, from Guinness Atzerifin, which is far from Yerushalayim. And the two breads, for the wheat offering on Shavuos, because in very far from Yerushalayim. We'll stop over here tomorrow with Hashem's help. We'll finish the seventh chapter of Baruch and we'll begin the eighth chapter as well. Have a wonderful.